Welcome back into the Rounding Third Podcast. I'm Nick. We have Harrison and Sean again with us tonight. How are we doing, fellas? What's up, boys? Good, boys. Happy to be with one more, what, next next show? This be real baseball. I know. That is right. correct. We can't wait. Yep. All right. Before we get started, make sure you follow and like us on Facebook. You can share our videos, our posts, all of that stuff. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can also listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts now. All right. Leading off WBC reactions, uh, we had the final. Yes, we went live for the final about midway through the game. Um, You guys can check that out on YouTube um, and wherever we streamed it. Um, But, I mean, it was that final. I mean, let's just get right to the bottom of the ninth. Otani versus Trout, you know, two guys that will never see the playoffs on the Angels facing off in a meaning a meaningful game. Like it was awesome to see. And I mean, Otani went right at him. Like he wasn't scared of Trout at all. He went right at <clears> him <throat> at that. No, but gave him everything he had. Yeah, absolutely. So how about reactions overall in that final? Great tournament, great game. Great ending. I mean, two, two of the best teams. I mean, I know, I know it's disappointing that the Dominican didn't make it out of the, out of the group stage. That would probably be the, the my biggest disappointment, if you want to call it that. But otherwise, man, great tournament. You had great upsets. You know, you had Team Italy making it out. Like no one thought Team Italy was going to make it out. Team Italy. It was Italy all made about the Nespresso machine with those guys for the record. Yeah, I know, right? Huh? <laughs> Netherlands not making it. So like, there was enough kind of drama and upsets, but mm. like you still got 90% of like the good teams that deserve to be there in the end were there in the end and yeah. you had great games. I mean, the U S Venezuela game was, was an awesome game. Yeah. So good. I mean, that was awesome. I mean, U S Cuba was kind of a bit of a route, uh, but if you were a U.S. fan, that was, it was nice. Cause you saw the kind of the bats kind of all came in at once. Um, but I, I thought it was a great tournament. Uh, I, I hope 2026 is, is just as good, if not better. You know, we'll see. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, or maybe, maybe it was when we were doing the live of the final. But um, you know, like not a good look for WBC lovers that Wainwright goes throws the tournament. You know, is a kind of a key member for the U.S. pitching staff, and then makes his way back to St. Louis, and he's got a groin issue, and now he's going to start the season on the IL. Like. You know, it's not a great look for the people that are like, hey, like, let's send all the great pitchers to right. WBC. Um, right. I would love them to, selfishly, because it would be fun to watch. But, um, you know, aside from the Edwin Diaz thing, I mean, that was more of a fluke, like anything. Absolutely. Like, that can happen anywhere. But, like, this kind of thing with Wainwright, like, it kind of holds a little bit of weight. So, I mean, we'll see. But I'll tell I you, think... my, this would be my last thing, Nick. No, I no. wouldn't mind if all these WBC games just turn into, like, 14 to 12 games i'm fine with that yeah right you know what i mean like if yeah. these games are in march like i'd rather watch that than i'd rather than a spring training game where it's like i don't even know half these guys that are up because they're going to be high a ball players right um i think this year's wbc and the overall feel of it and the atmosphere of it and every single game i mean we're going down to like chinese taipei against china against australia you know what i mean like even those games had such an atmosphere that I think, I think you're right, Sean. I think the big name pitchers, for the most part, are gonna stay out of it. But I think it is going to also draw maybe, you know, two to five more. 
maybe spread out across the tournament, not all on Team USA, but it is going to draw a few more pitchers um, to to the teams. And I think also it depends on their contract situation. Are they a free agent that year? You know what I mean? If they're free agent that year, yep. at the end of that year, they're not going to go and risk it because they have a paycheck at the end of that year waiting for them. So they're probably not going to go. But I think it does bring a couple of key pitchers or top of the line pitchers back to the WBC in, in 2026. Maybe not necessarily on USA, but maybe on these other teams, you'll see, you'll still see them. But yeah, well, and the more I thought about it too, as much as I'd love to see more of that kind of the top tier pitching talent show up, it was kind of neat to see some of these guys who might be in the minor leagues or maybe are like a fourth or fifth starter somewhere that we don't really know, kind of showcase what they can do on a big stage. So I thought there was, you know, the would we love to see more like elite starters? Yeah. I also thought it was kind of cool to be able to showcase some of these other guys who maybe we don't know about yet um, on a big stage um, that maybe these are guys that this, this will propel them to big seasons, or maybe these are just guys that we haven't seen yet because they haven't gotten there. But I thought that was kind of cool to see some new names and uh, some guys that we can now kind of watch throughout the season. Yeah, um, I agree and, with that fully. And really cool too is MLB the show 23 dropped on Friday um, and they have a world baseball classic um like mission that you can do and you can play with a lot of these guys on the nice. team. So like oh, Tim cool. Kennelly from Australia, um, Byung-ho Park from South Korea. So like there's names that they've gotten the rights to and put oh, on cool. the game. So it's, it's been, it's been really awesome. Yeah, um, I to think get that recognition and stuff. I think WC WBC overall was great for baseball. The ratings were bananas, which is good to see people actually enjoy the game. Um, I think we I think we we saw a lot of stuff we expected to see. Japan was rock solid as they always are. The US was I think a little bit better than we thought because the, the pitching wasn't great, but they did they had a couple of they had a couple of good outings when they needed them and they scored enough runs otherwise. Um the DR was to me the most just the most dramatic disappointment we've ever seen in the WBC. That team was loaded top to bottom and they just never put anything together and they were gone before you really got a really good chance to see them. Um, Mexico was a dark horse like we thought they would be. Venezuela was good like we thought they would be. I don't think we thought they'd be as good as they were, but um, that team was loaded. They lost but one it, game the whole tournament. I know, and they were, man, with I mean, they were, and they were so good top to bottom. There was, you know, mm -hmm. again though, a good example of there's a lot of guys in that roster we didn't know that I think are going to be guys that we end up knowing here down the road because they were, uh, you know, these guys might be minor leaguers or or coming up to the major leagues now. But I think we. We saw a lot of stuff we expected to see, a couple of things we didn't, but the games were great. The intensity was great. The crowd was great. Um, and I can honestly say I've, I watched more of the WBC this go around than I probably have all the other WBCs combined. Yeah, no question. Um, did you see that like insane stat, that Japan-USA game, about the amount of TVs watching in Japan? It was like yeah, on, legit, a work, on a work like, morning. Wasn't it like 94% or something insane? And like, it was like it was eight a.m. Japan time. And like everyone like still had to go to work. <laughs> like they just they nine, like, went to work late. Like I, yeah, yeah, ninety four percent. And I think just the other six percent six percent had TVs in their house and they just like lost power or something because yeah, like I, that's insane. That I mean I don't even think we get that number those numbers for the Super Bowl. No, no, goodness, no. I not mean, ninety six percent of televisions tune into that game. That is nuts. Well, and the interesting learning in all this, too, is that I, I don't think and I know that I can speak for myself. I didn't realize this. I didn't realize how popular baseball is in some of these other countries. 
I was thinking, you know, baseball is America's pastime, but in reality, it's more popular overseas right now than it is in America anymore. Um, yeah. And some of these countries, you know, there's a level of patriotism, obviously, but baseball for some of these countries is life. That is, they don't, they don't care about football and basketball. Like baseball is what they do. And they, the amount of focus and attention it got with some of these countries was surprising to me. I think also that the MLB as a whole needs to kind of look at how much fun these other countries are having playing baseball. And, you know, we've kind of talked about it before, these old geezers that are in office that are the, the old time, like, don't mess with my game. You can't show up the pitcher when you hit a 3-0 fastball 500 feet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like you look at these other countries doing all of this and they're having fun. They're having a blast. And you're right. The patriotism definitely has um, some inkling, inclining, whatever that word is I'm trying to say, into the atmosphere of it. But... I think we play two two styles of baseball. Like in America, yeah. it's serious all the time. You can't show like it's starting to loose up a little bit, but not like it is in the Caribbean or Japan. You know what I mean? Like it just feels oh, no, tighter. I, I I would push back. I would push back on you on 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 Japan <clears throat> there. I I, I you don't well, see, okay. right. you don't see highlights of Japanese games where players are showing up pitchers, and I'm not saying that they're doing it right or wrong i'm just right. saying like you, right, you see a see lot it. of that in you know the the caribbean league and the central american countries and all that which again i have no problem with like whatever um but japan you don't like japan That's we true. talked about it a, a couple of shows ago i think it was two weeks ago the japanese players the japanese fans and the japanese culture has an incredible respect for the game yep. of baseball they love it they they seem in, in, incredibly knowledgeable about but the amount of respect that they have for the game and just the, you know, the example of Shohei's first home run. I mean, right. the girl that caught it, passed it around her entire section. Everyone took a picture. Everyone was polite. They waited their turn and then they gave the ball back because they knew what a, what a memento is for the woman that caught it. Right. Like if you think that would happen here, it's crazy. The first person, the first drunk guy next to you would take it and run away and then claim that he's the one that caught it. And it would be a whole thing. And people would be like, Oh, those damn Americans. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's just they have such an incredible respect for the game, yeah. and I, I think it's 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 a child's game. I mean, we, they say it in Moneyball, right? Like, eventually, we're all told we can't play the child's game. These guys are grown ups, and they're playing a child's game, so they should have fun. I want, I, I hope they all go out there and have a little bit of fun, like their kids. Um, but you know, just just remain respectful within the game and, and respectful doesn't mean you can't celebrate a, a home run or, or whatever. That's not, that's not that. I mean, what you do inside the lines, you do inside the lines. It's just have fun, yeah. have yeah. fun. Just, Absolutely. just let loose. And I, I do think the American game is getting better over it the last few better. years of that. I mean, they're loosening up and I'm sure you're infusing a lot of these other cultures into it as well. And I'm sure that's helping. Um, yeah. You know, this isn't all white baseball anymore. Like you're getting all sorts of different right. cultures that are coming in and bringing their style of play. And I think that's good for everybody. Good for everybody. Okay. I think it's it's good we were able to see all these different cultures and styles. And it's not just the players that played in the WC, but the fans. I mean, yeah. gosh, we talked about it. Like these, the Mexicos and the Puerto Ricos, and like those fans must be exhausted at the end of games. <laughs> They don't sit down. It, it's, no, they're nonstop. I mean, you wonder why the atmosphere is great. Like, they are obsessed with watching their country's 
team play baseball. Obsessed. Yeah. It is like how do you not how do you not sit at home and be like I love this. This is so much fun. Right. Like me, like I wouldn't even say meaningless, but like it's like the third batter of the game. It's like a full count. The place is going nuts. Like it's the bottom of the ninth. It's like it's the right. first inning. It's a full count. Like relax. All like, I know like, is. All I know is if I paid two hundred dollars for a ticket and the dude next to me is banging a bass drum, dude, I'm putting a hole in that and about the bottom of the second. I don't know. I, I tell you, <laughs> man, we can we can say that all we want. Oh, I mean, we can say yeah, that all I we want. But that's gotta be one of the most contagious atmospheres in the world. Oh, yeah, for like sure. if I Absolutely. paid money for a ticket and I'm next to a guy that loves baseball that much, hell yeah, I'm getting into it with him. Like, yeah, how do you absolutely. not? That's right. such a contagious atmosphere. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah, hand me a maraca, buddy. I'm in. Yeah, like, whatever, yeah. man. Absolutely. Whatever you hand me, whatever you want to hand me. It's so good. But uh, yeah, I I love the overall impact it made on yep, baseball, baseball globally. I mean, all the yep. way down to the Czech team. That story is unreal. Again, if you guys haven't <laughs> done any research on the Czech Republic team, it is such an amazing story. Um, that's cool. You know, the amount of talent that's in Australia that a lot of people don't know about. There, there's some good ball players down there, um, and they're starting to make their way into the major leagues here. They're in the minors. They're working their way up. Um, I mean, Liam Hendricks is already here, mm-hmm. so there is talent in these other countries, and this is showcasing them, you know, to the fullest. And I, I think it was just such a great tournament. But the atmosphere is what absolutely grabbed the the fans, and the casual fans started watching and like rooting. So. Yeah, I, I mean, overall, I thought it was just incredible. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it always a- good. It's always good to see the see all these different teams, all these all these different players, and you know, to Brian's point before about the World Cup effect. Like, I think anytime you you treat something like a World Cup of sorts, um, you do draw a lot of attention to it. You know, because of the patriotism, the interest, but uh, because of how much support comes out for that. But I think the WBC did a really nice job this year of. Other than the scheduling, which we got into putting the U.S. game on at freaking 10 o'clock, you know, night after night after night was a little bit annoying. But I think the WBC did a nice job of actually giving you a reason to watch and giving you enough information about these teams. So you felt obligated or you felt it was worth watching where I think in the past, they just kind of like put the schedule out there, played the games. And um, there wasn't as much backstory because I do. I think the stories like the Czech team and you know, Great Britain, Great Britain's uniforms, although not in a positive light, but right. um, you know, I think stories like that and somehow you know where some of these players had come from, I think that got a lot of people's attention that may not have paid attention otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. I mean, listen, home run to steal a baseball term. I think that I thought they hit a home run with the whole tournament. Um, you know, maybe three years from now, the Dominican Republic will take it a little bit more seriously. But it's tough. It, it's hard to listen, man. I mean. Baseball is 162 games for a reason. It's it's you go through fits and starts. You 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 have week long struggles and then week long successes. Like that's just the game right. of baseball, and it's it's hard to get a full like a team like a full team. Like you just have a couple of guys that that have bad days two days in a row, and it's like that's it. You're out. I mean, it's it it yeah. it's a cruel way because it's it's such a long season of a game it's so cruel to make these guys not make them but like for these guys to show up and it's like all right you got four games in five days and if you don't you're going home like it's just it's hard and they they struggled they struggled they went up against some buzz saws venezuela was awesome um puerto rico but hey man they didn't pull through it's just like japan right they make an 18 hour flight to miami and they almost just lost the first day they were there like yeah 
I mean, 18 yep. hours, get beat, and then go back. But, I mean, yep. the bottom of that inning was insane, too. But, yep. yeah, but the, overall. The, the DR is, is the perfect example of the fact that in baseball, you know, the best team doesn't always win when you're when you're in these short tournaments and these short spurts. And that oftentimes, you know, sometimes it just takes that one break. Um, you know, the, the, the team that puts it all together is going to beat the team that's loaded with talent. And the DR just could not seem to string it together. You had nine guys doing nine things. Then um, you had teams like Venezuela that came together really quick and put it all together. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say that I, I, I agree, but which is, which is why baseball it's a it's everything's the best yeah. series. It's which is why I, I didn't love the one game, wild card, yeah, one game because it's, it's, you know, if you're a, you're a front office, if you're, you build your team to win series, you play series throughout the season. Mm-hmm. You have divisions like you pl- you set up your yep. team, you set up your pitching rotation, you set up your your bench players and your rotations, and like you do that so you win series. Yeah. And then to to win enough ball games to make the postseason, and then baseball to be like, hey, you have to play only one game. Like now, is that the mm-hmm. reason why some of them don't go on to win the World Series? No. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying, you know, it's it's tough to play a whole season. You, you set your team up to win series and to play a whole season to then get in for one game. I, I think it's tough. Um, but listen, it worked. Cause I'll tell you those wildcard games got some ratings and those were yeah. some must tune in and watch. And yeah, the, the MLB so it's not was all like, bad, but. it was like, they were like smart. They wanted to recreate that tiebreaker that the San Diego Padres and the Colorado and Rockies Col- had Colorado. Yeah. When, when Matt holiday slid in and completely just, ripped his face off um for the winning run and mm-hmm. they're like oh like this is awesome like we want to have that win or you know yeah. that winner go home feeling and they're like oh we'll just add another team to the playoffs it's a one game playoff but you're right like you build your team 162 games for a series you know at least give yeah. them a three game series because right anything series. can happen in a one in one game so yeah all right uh, yeah, so can't wait for 2026. WBC is going to be off the chain again, I'm sure. So, all right, we are now going to preview the AL East. Um, what do we got? I- I'm sure our standings are probably pretty similar. Um, who wants to take this one first? Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, all right, Nick can start it off. I guess I'll go first. Um, I'll start from the bottom and then go to the top. I have the Red Sox finishing in fifth. Um, sorry, boys. I love you. Um, but I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. Um, Orioles, I think, um, are going to just miss the wild card. I think they're going to be like Seattle was a couple of years ago. Like, you know, they're kind of there during the, down the stretch, but not quite get there. I think they're in fourth. Um, I got the Rays third. Um, I have the Yankees second, and the only reason I have the Yankees second right now is because their pitching staff is a huge question mark right now. Severino's on the shelf, Montas is on the shelf, and who's the third one? Rodone's on the shelf. Um, I mean, those are three big arms in your starting rotation that are are down. Yeah, you still have Jordan Montgomery, you have Garrett Cole. Um, no, Montgomery's in St. Louis. Oh, that's Isn't right. It? Just kidding. Yeah. So you have Nestor Cortez and you have uh, Garrett Cole right now. Um, 
So that's the only reason I have the Yankees in second. I And I don't think they're going to have a start like they did last year. I mean, that hot start they had last year was absolutely insane. I just don't think they have it with the pitching going down um, the way it is right now. But they're going to finish in second. They'll make a wild card. They'll lose in the second round of the playoffs. Um, you know, they are the Dodgers of the AL. So, um, and then I have the Blue Jays winning um, the AL East this year. But honestly, I think those top three could could go in any direction. You know, any of them can take that top spot. I think the AL East is wide open at the top, and it's going to be a lot closer than I think we, we think. Um, again, bringing in the balanced schedule, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out, especially down the stretch in these tight races. Yeah. So that's what I Yeah, I mean, I, I think the balanced schedule helps teams like the Red Sox a little bit, helps teams like the Orioles coming down the stretch. Um, I... I, I I I have the Sox fifth too, um, but not seventy one wins. Like I I think the Sox will be better. I think the manager will be better. I think the the roster is, or I should say, the lineup is a little bit deeper. It's more stable. Um, you know, you, you you kind of barring injuries, of course. Is I mean, everything with these teams is barring injuries. You know, you 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 should be a little bit more consistent up and down the lineup. Um, you got yourself a legitimate closer in Kenley Jansen. So, I mean, I, I think where we saw glaring holes last year, I think they at least attempted to fill them in. And then in the closer role, I think they actually did fill in the hole. Um, Chris Sale, who knows what you're going to get with him. I mean, if you if you can get a full season's worth of Chris Sale, I mean, I thought he's looked good in spring. I know, you know, people have been back and forth. I, I think spring training is, is tough with a guy like him. He, He's a veteran all-star. I mean, like he, when he's healthy, he knows how to pitch in this league. Like, yep. so you wonder, like, I, I can only imagine guys like that. Like, they spend time in spring training working on certain things. Like, he's not trying to go out and shut you out for five innings. That's not what his yeah. goal is in spring training. His goal is to work on certain things to make him ready. So, like, does he right. care if he gives up a couple of bombs? Like, no, because if he's working on something particular. Right. This is when I want you to make the mistakes. So it's yeah, hard. he might throw like twelve straight changeups because that's what he's working on. Or, that's what he's uh, yeah. working on, and it's like I got to make sure that I'm you know doing this with it. I'm turning it over this way, like whatever. So like, I can't imagine they care that much about result results in spring training. I think he's looked good. I liked his pace. I liked the velocity. I liked the way that he's really that he was hammering that slider back to to right handed hitters. He was really really trying to work on on back footing that thing like he was when he was just disgustingly in his prime. Um, so I, I in, again, the velocity I think has been good, but anyways, um, I think the Sox will be okay. I just think the division is just entirely too difficult and entirely too deep and entirely too um, experienced, right? Like for all the Yankee faults of not winning a title in 20 something years, they're in the postseason every every damn year, essentially. Like their experience in getting to the postseason, Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay, you just they just roll out of bed and win ninety three games. So it's like that's just what they do. So I think it's going to be a lot for the Sox. I think the balance schedule will help them keep it close. I still think they finish fifth, but close. I think Baltimore finishes fourth, but close. I have Toronto third, Tampa Bay second, and New York first. Uh, so we do have the same top three, but just slightly different order. Um, in in Tampa, it's just. 
fool me once, fool me twice, right? I mean, this is just like seven straight years they do this thing where it's like, I don't know if Tampa can do it again. And then they just win 95 games. So, like, I'm just going to get out ahead of it now and just say that Tampa's going to win 90-something games. I mean, McClanahan stays healthy. Glassnow comes back from Tommy John. Glassnow is disgusting. Um, so that's that's a name I feel like we haven't heard in years. Yeah, yeah I mean, he was he, on the shelf with Tommy John. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we talk about health. Mm-hmm. I mean, good yeah. Lord. But, yeah, I mean, they, dude, they and Wanda Franco, and that's another guy on that team that if he can stay healthy, I mean, major dark horse MVP candidate if he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's how I have the division playing out. But I, I do I, – I don't see – more than than a little bit in between these second, third, fourth, fifth. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I think this entire division is going to be playing somewhat meaningful baseball late in the season. Yeah. What do you got, right. Harrison? I think I've I think I've got a little bit of a a mix here. So I think it will be interesting. So I uh, I got the Red Sox dead last, and I I'm not nearly as positive as Sean is on the Red Sox. Um. I think that they've improved from last year, sort of. They filled a couple of holes. I mean, their rotation going into the season is Kluber, Sale, Hauk, Crawford, and Pavetta. I mean, that might be one of the five worst rotations in baseball. Um, the pitching is really thin. You're relying on Corey Kluber hasn't pitched a whole season in four years, Sale three years, you know, and then you got Hauk and Crawford who are unproven, and you got Pavetta who's you know, he's another guy, you know, he's, he's not great. He's not terrible. He's a, he's a serviceable pitcher, but you got four massive question marks in the, in the rotation bullpens better um, in some aspects, not in others. The offense is not, um, I do, I do, I do have high hopes for uh, Yoshida losing story hurts. I don't think I don't, there's not enough, there's not enough firepower in that offense to get me excited. I think the Red Sox finish a pretty distant fifth. Um, and I don't think they really make a, a case this year to be taken seriously. Um, the Rays, I think, finished fourth. I don't know what to make of that team either. They really haven't done. A, they've got. They're in the same boat. A lot of question marks. Um, I, I just don't know what they're gonna what they're going to do there. How they're going to be able to put together a compelling lineup and rotation night after night because they've got a lot of guys who have massive question marks and injury history. Um, they, if they can hold it together, they're probably second in the division if they can't they're gonna they're gonna fall apart and finish for us so i'm i'm not betting on these guys who haven't done anything in a while to do anything now um i got the orioles in third i got the i I really want to say the blue jays are gonna win this division but i still question if that team has the makeup to do it um but i'm gonna pick them anyways i'll go yankees and blue jays i just the blue jays i think the blue jays improved in the offseason i think they have question marks around can they still win games when it matters because they couldn't last year um they they limped down the stretch they were not impressive in the playoffs and they are they are quickly out and that's been their mo um and the yankees have you know the yankees have freaking injury question marks all over that team i don't know what you're going to get with them either i think they're going to have a really terrible april but i think when they start getting a couple of those guys back they're going to just start rolling um and i think that's actually a team that the balance schedule helps them because when they get outside of the division, they're still, they're, they're a better team than anybody in the AL central and probably everybody in the AL West, but the Astros. So I think that really helps the Yankees uh, stay relevant. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, that's, I'm not trying to say that they're not a top tier team because the Yankees are top tier team for sure. Uh, They're, they're the best team in the American league if they're healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're loaded top to bottom. 
I just feel with those three starters being out, like how do you fill those three holes to start? And then they're not coming back till May, mid-May. I mean, Montas isn't coming back at all. Yeah, at all. Um, so it's just it's there's a lot of question marks there for sure. Is yep. Judge gonna have another 62 home run season? I mean, I'm banking no. Um, his, historically, there's a pretty big drop off in that year after. Yeah. So because they actually start testing you again, probably. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. And I'm with you on the Blue Jays. Like it, it wasn't an easy decision for me to put them first, but they did get Brandon Belt. They did get uh, Dalton Varsho. So yeah. a couple of bats, like defensive guys um, on that team. Um, their starting rotation isn't crazy. I mean, Noah's awesome. I mean, you got yeah. Ryu still. I mean, he's a veteran presence. He's going to get you, you know, a solid 10 to 15 wins. Um and they have some young Barrios. guys that could, huh? Barrios. Yeah, Jose Barrios. Yep, I forgot about him. Um, so, I mean, they, they do have some starters that could they give do. you a, a solid, you know, 15-ish wins on the season. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's why I kind of leapfrogged. Yeah, there. I mean, the Blue Jays were my World Series pick last year. I thought I thought they were that good. And then they, they just never, never showed it. They never got to that point. They, yeah. They couldn't. They couldn't get everybody rolling the same direction at the same time. They had all kinds of weird injuries. They had massive, massive power outages at bad parts of the season. Um, they kind of limped in the playoffs. Got, you know, kind of just dispatched quickly. Um, you know, they were unimpressive. It's a. It, you know, I feel like they're kind of like the DR team from the World Baseball Classic. They tease you with all this talent, but then when it comes time to actually go out there play and win, they don't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a couple of guys definitely didn't perform either. Like, Kevin Biggio got sent down, yeah. called up, sent down, called up. And yeah. he's – I don't even think he's going to be, you know, on the opening day lineup. So, I mean, I w- we'll see. But, yeah, I think the AL East is tight to kind of go with Sean. I think the difference between the teams is going to be two or three games each. I don't, I don't think you're going to see, like, the Red Sox at 40 and, you know, 130 and – you know, you're not going to see a big gap like that. No, because... but you could. No, I mean, I think the Red Sox are probably a 75 win team. But yeah, I think you look at you look at a team like the Orioles. If Gunnar Henderson plays well, if Adley Rushman continues to play well, if Grayson Henderson comes up or, and plays the way he's supposed to, uh, Hernandez, you've got Rodriguez. all these all these Rodriguez. Rodriguez, I'll get yeah. his name right one of these days. That's fine. Um, you've got you've got all these young pitchers. You got all this young, young positional talent. If those guys actually come up and play like they're supposed to, that that's actually a team that could finish in second. Like that that team is legit. Yeah. What are you, what are you nodding, Sean? You just like no, I just I I I I give you guys flack for being such pessimistic Red Sox fans all the time, so I'm not going to do it now. But I I find it interesting that we are going to give other teams that, but like we're going to give guys like Baltimore has has had guys that Harrison mentioned that have had like negative major league baseball experience and we're just saying like if they can just come up and just do things that they're supposed to do they're going to be nasty but like the red sox did fill a major hole as closer and we can we can we can knock we can they won 78 games last year we can knock the starting rotation because i'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is a a starting rotation of all-stars as of now because it certainly isn't they led the team led the league last year in, in getting walked off on 13 times (laughs) <laughs> 13 that, times they were walked off really bad if they just take eight of those and close those into saves we're where we have a team last year everything else stays the same they won 82 games and i i'm not so sure the lineup is worse 
losing Xander sucks. And don't get me wrong. Absolutely. That absolutely is an absolute killer. Justin Turner is an upgrade over J.D. Martinez. Can we agree yep. on that? You have yep. a legitimate table setter, I think, in Yoshida, who I think is going to be, after watching him in the World Baseball Classic, I think he's going to do really well here. I'm excited. I can't there, wait to watch him. There are most definite question marks, and it's thin. I'm not. I'm just saying. But you also the, Adam Duvall and possibly Jorge Alfaro. Like those are yeah, also I, question marks. But Adam Duvall has proven he can hit 25 plus home runs every season he's played. Correct. So Agree. Hundred percent. I, I I just there are a ton of question marks. I just find it funny that the question marks on the Red Sox roster are going to be negative, but the question marks everywhere else are just like, well, these guys are really good and they have all this. I mean, it's more busting your chops than anything yeah. else. Um, but I, I, I'm seeing it for, I want to give these guys, not necessarily give them the benefit of the doubt, but I want to look at a guy like Duvall and say, you know what, like, I think a change of scenery, putting him in a lineup like this where he is going to be leaned on, it could completely blow up in their face. He could hit like 185 and just be an absolute nightmare, but okay. it could be a scenario where it kind of locks him in a little bit. Yeah. And that's I, what I'm looking at. Like it's so yeah. it is a lot of question marks, and a lot of things are going to have to come together. Um, but I mean, that's why the only thing I say to that though is for well, I was going to say the pessimism for me was it wasn't just because they walked off on 13 times; it's because we had no identity. It almost seemed like we didn't have a plan. Well, that's what I mean. It seemed like Cora right. just had no idea, like who to put in and like what situation, like he just seemed completely lost there for a while. So like it was hard to get an identity. I'm not going to sit here and say like, Oh, I'm totally keyed in on the blue Jays identity because we just sat here and said, you know, we don't even think they have one. Like they don't have a veteran leader. That's, you know, pulling them along and telling them how to win or teaching them how to win. Um, The Red Sox were just, it wasn't that they blew the 18 leads. It was how they blew them. I feel like, and it was just a loss of identity. I think that's what right. my biggest question mark is. I'm excited to see this lineup because honestly, if the lineup's clicking, they're going to put up some serious runs. I mean, it's. But don't we? Just, but the lack of identity. I'm not entirely sure. I don't think the lack of identity hurt you in in the situations of like they got walked off on. 15 times or whatever the number was because they just didn't have a closer. Like yeah. they just didn't have anybody in that role. And, and Cora was forced to try and back to kind of, yeah, like try and yeah. just kind of piecemeal it together for so long. And then kind of the idea was, and I have no idea, but it almost seemed like the idea was, Oh, well, if we're in it at the deadline, then we'll just go make a move and get a closer. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's just no way to do Like they didn't have an identity last year. And if you just had a legitimate closer, you're an 82 win team. Fair. That's Without fair. the identity, with yeah. the terrible managing and and the lack of depth, and so I, I just I don't like it's bad because like Boston expects better and the fans expect better and they should. I just a lot of things went wrong for that team last year. Injury, Kike, you know that's a big loss at the top of the that's lineup, and you know loss. you have to shift a bunch of things around pretty much from the beginning of the season on because of that. And it's just a lot of things had to go wrong and they all went wrong all at the same time. And the team scrapped out 78 wins. Like I, 
again, I'm not putting them in the World Series by any stretch, but I just I, I do think the water's going to find its level a little bit, um, and I think they'll be better. That's all. Yeah, especially with Bobby Dahlbeck being your opening day shortstop, that's going to be pretty awesome. He's in Triple A. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> all right. It's. It, I look at it so I look at it this way. You, you look at the Orioles, and they got a lot of question marks, but they have got question marks on guys that are top prospects in baseball. The Red Sox have yeah, question marks on a bunch of guys who are in their 30s with injury histories. Like I, you, you look at you look at the Orioles. That is a team that's on the way up, that's loaded with talent. The Red Sox are a team on the way down that's gotten old and injured. Um, and you know, may, and if these guys stay healthy, the Red Sox may be interesting to watch. But when you when you look at that starting rotation, you look at that lineup, you look at that bench. I mean, the minute somebody gets a hangnail, they're done. They're screwed. There's zero depth on that team, and I, and I'm not saying that this is like a this is not like an organizational problem. They went for broke in 2018, and this is the fallout of that. They, there's nobody in the farm system coming up to help them out. You got Cassis, who's they built is, it up. We think is going to be good. They've built. I mean, it's got yeah, a couple years away. Coming, like these right. guys aren't knocking on the door. Exactly. They're coming. It it was, they're coming. But this, right, it was bare bones. This team in 21 caught lightning in a bottle and got to the ALCS. They didn't. They should not have been there. They were way ahead of time. But you know, everything went right. And then 22 was the opposite. Everything went wrong. You kind of average those two seasons out, and that I think is closer to what this team is. But when you lose, when you lose the veteran presence, presence of JD, about 82 wins. Yeah, you, but you lose the veteran presence of JD. You lose Andrew. You lose. You lose. You know, story for the whole season. You've got all of this experience and talent that walks away, and you backfill it with really nothing. Like, massive. I, I think Yoshida is the only guy on that roster. Like, I'm really excited to see. You know, we know we, Devers is Devers. Um, you know, but Justin Turner, another guy who's on the on the wrong side of his 30s, that I think is still a productive hitter. But you know, for how much longer? You know, you're relying on Chris Sale, Corey Kluber, James Paxton, all these guys who haven't been on a baseball field full time in four plus years. Like it's I just I look at the Red Sox and it's you're, you're limping along with guys that you're holding together with duct tape and Band-Aids. And you got the Orioles who are bringing all these young studs up into the system and you're just at different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, agreed. But you're you're doing this knowing like you're doing this as a Red Sox front office and ownership, knowing that you're holding it together with duct tape and spit because we have to wait a couple of years for the guys that yeah. we had built into the pipeline. Like, and and I'm sorry, like as fans, like I get that all we care about here is championships and you should, if you're a fan of a team, like you shouldn't settle for anything less than the team trying to win a title. I get that, but it, it's more complicated than that. Like you can't go for broke for every year. Like you can't do you it. Can't. So I'm okay with the Red Sox doing it this way because I think they're giving themselves enough of a chance that if things do go right, and let's say they do catch somewhat lightning in a bottle again. Are they going to the ALCS? No. But they catch a bit of lightning in a bottle again this year, and you're in the mid-80s, and you're playing meaningful games in September to maybe get the final wildcard spot. I'm totally fine with that. That's all. Oh, that's I, all. I mean – I, I think that's – so I, I guess it's our kind of long way of saying, like, I, I agree that the team is lacking. The roster is thin. One person gets hurt, and it's good night, nurse. All that stuff I totally oh, yeah. get but I'm okay with them doing it this way. Cause I think they addressed enough of the issues last year. I just don't think we're going to have to be watching embarrassing baseball. Like we had to watch last year, yeah. I guess. Is kind yeah, of no, no, that's fair. I, I, I can, I can actually say I, I, I fully support the direction Heim Bloom is going. This team yeah. needs to suck for a couple more years to get rid of all this. All, get, they need to get rid of the sale. They need to clean house and they need to build up the farm system, bring up some young guys and, and kind of give this franchise a new identity. 
I'm I'm not upset that they're going to suck this year. I I expect them to suck. I want them to suck because I want them to be really good in two or three years, yeah. And and be sustainably good, not like, not not like we're first place, last place, first place, last place, because that's how this team's yeah. been for the last five years. They're either the best or the worst, and yeah. you can only do that for so long before it catches up. So, do I think this team sucks? Absolutely. Are they are they basement dwellers for the next year or two? Absolutely. Am I okay with it? A hundred percent. Because in three years we're going to be very happy we we went through this. And this, and this is exactly what we were calling for back in December. We're like, right. where is the direction of this team going? Like, it just seemed like Blow we were up. like, yeah, it just seemed like we were out in the abyss, just floating around, not making any moves. And then Bloom came out for during that team weekend and was like, listen, stick with me. We're going on this, this journey. It's, you yep. know, I know you guys expect to win all the time, but like, trust the process. Like we're, yep. we're getting there. Um, yeah, and I'm along for the ride. I, I like what they're doing. I like yeah. the direction they're heading, and they're piecemealing it for right now to make it so the team is not a complete joke. Yeah, um, but they're not good, and I'm totally okay with that. And no one's talking about how big that that Yoshida contract is anymore. No, no one is talking about that. So no, I'm I think you, for sure. you pair him and Devers together for the next five years, and if you can fill in some pieces over the next couple, some young guys and some you know, some talent. This team could be a hell of a lot of fun to watch in a couple of seasons. Just, they just have to get through this first. Just think, that's 40 more RBIs for Devers on his oh my home God. runs. On easy. his home runs alone. Yep, easy. What did he hit last year? He hit like 28 or 30 home runs yeah, and, and were, he drove in like 72. Yeah, the three quarters right. of them were solo shots. Yeah. Uh, Brian says, Devil Rays Fridays. Did you guys see this? Kind of what the Marlins mm-hmm. are doing. So they're bringing back their, their retro Devil Rays uniforms oh, yeah. on Fridays. So... Um, I like the old Devil Rays uniforms. I, I love them. Better. They were so nice. Um, I think it was just Friday home games, though. Am I am I right about that? I thought it was just Friday home games. Or is it all Friday? Uh, it might be Friday home games. I think, I mean, I think, it's, cool. I think it is. They rode their, Either way, it's fine. They wore their, wore their roads. Devil Words Rays are hard, Nick. I Goodness, listen. I, I can't. Um, but even if the Marlins wore their aways too on Fridays, I think it'd be cool. But yeah, Brian's yeah. Just home. Yeah. But which I just makes think it would sense. be I mean logistically it would give it would just make things a nightmare to have to pack yeah. all that extra stuff. So I, I it makes I sense that it's just home. Yeah, I was watching uh, I was I'm watching the, I was watching the rookie yeah. the other day and uh he of course they're rocking the the original Devil Rays jerseys. I'm like, man, I yeah. miss those things. They're so oh, cool. they were great. They were nice. It's too bad. Like it's one of those things where they'll never go back to them full time just because like the team was an absolute joke when they were yeah, that, they like were it's so like logo like branding right like yeah i i think the pat the patriot the patriots i wish they would go back to that old logo oh but yeah they never it. will because the team was a disgusting embarrassment yeah. when they wore right. those so yeah, it's right. like the branding like you just can't do it um yeah but i love them i love the logo i love the colors i love the font yeah. on the jersey everything about the old devil Rays uniforms i love them yeah yep Absolutely. agreed they they were they were like ahead of their time in terms of that design. They were bright. They were yeah. they yep. were modern. Like way before anybody else was doing it. Yep. Yep. I agree. All right, we're gonna that uh, caps off our AL East. We are. I know the season starts this week, um, but we are gonna do our previews where we will pick our playoff winners, our division winners, our MVP picks, Cy Young picks. You know all of those picks um, next week. Um, we'll have like three or four games under our belt at that point. So I'm sure we'll be talking about those games as well, but we will do our preview and our picks for that next week at that, at, um, during this segment. Uh, we're going to move on to seventh inning stretch where I put out who are your best all time center fielders 
and your best current center fielders. Um, we did have some um, comments on this one. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Steve Nickerson said Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, Kirby Puckett for his top. Ooh, Puckett's Ooh, a good call. Kirby Puckett's a good yep. one. I used to love watching Kirby Puckett play. Mm. And then his oh, – we'll just stay with all time right now. Uh, Brian said Ken Griffey Jr. and Mike Trout. I guess you don't need a third center fielder when you have those two. Um, I mean, you kind of don't. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't being, like, facetious. Like I <laughs> yeah, no, you kind of don't. Legit. Uh, Ken, Ken Sawyer says Mantle, Mays, and Griffey Jr. I mean, those – top three are ridiculous that was that was my that top was, three that was my three yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then jim Britt says tory hunter johnny damon and jim edmonds so kind of more of a favorite pick favorite center fielder that, but... that's an entertaining group i i always loved tory hunter he was one of my favorite players yeah. as a kid tory hunter. absolutely he's like the mayor everybody loved that guy you know he he's you know like the joey Votto kind of player like everybody loved him ambassador of the game fans loved him yep um so you said you you guys had the same three, Mays, Griffey, yeah. Mantle. Yeah, I Maze, mean that's Griffey. Yeah, yeah. Um, I took Mantle off the list because this is a kind of a personal favor for me. But Jim Edmonds is my third. Yeah, Just, don't hate, I don't mean, hate I defensively, I could watch highlights of him every night. And not get sick of it. It's just insane. Well, he had that crazy like drop and drive swing where he was he was just like launching stuff. Yeah, yeah. He had the he had the launch angle before oh my the goodness. launch angle was a thing. Yeah, he was he had the oh. launch angle of NASA. That guy was trying to put everything up in the air. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll start with you guys. Who are your your top three current center fielders? You want me to go? Yes. Harris, yeah, you, you go. go. All right, I'll go. So my my top three are Trout. Um, when healthy Buxton, I think that guy is an athletic specimen and a freak. And, uh, for me, the last one for me is J rod. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to, yeah, it's to get a little bit of uh variety in here, other guys to talk about. Um, you know, I, I, I think Brandon Nimmo has really turned himself into a, 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 uh, center fielder that should be talked about. I think was ability to get on base, set the table, run the bases defensively. He's like, he's oh, yeah. better than fine. Like he's, you know, yeah. I, I don't think Brandon was going to win you any gold gloves, um, but not from lack of his ability. It's just because like, there's a lot of really good defensive center fielders out there. Yeah. Chaz McCormick is really good in Houston. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I, I really, for the, a, for the record, I, I, I struggle between Nimmo and Buxton. Nimmo was almost my third. Yeah. I, yeah, I think he I, I think he plays a really solid center field. You know yeah, who I almost threw does. in my top three was Cedric Mullins. I love Cedric Mullins. Yep, Cedric Mullins won. You know, I can't I, wait to I, see him I, live. When we were looking, um, when we were getting ready for this, and I was kind of doing some research, I was like looking just for shits and giggles. I was looking on MLB.com, and you know, they have the shredder that does like the top ten. Oh yeah, that, yeah, like at the at each position. And it had Mike Yastrzemski at number nine going into 2023. <laughs> I'm looking at that right now. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm not going to yeah. pretend to watch a lot of Mike Yastrzemski no. games. Um, I mean, played against him in high school. But, I like, he's, I guess, like, I don't know. I mean, I know the Shredder takes into all, all sorts of statistics and stuff they take into uh, account. Um, I think defensively he's good. Yeah. Like, you know, you catch games, you catch highlights. It's like, oh, like, he's – chasing down balls and he's, he's really a gap to gap center fielder. I have no idea offensively. So, but 
MLB.com says that's a name to watch out for. So, you know, maybe I'll try and catch some more giant games this year. Um, but if I do think it's a fairly deep group. If you were complaining about the 10 p.m. start times for USA, you aren't staying up for a Giants game, buddy. <laughs> okay, but for a Giants game, I will not like on Tuesday and then Wednesday and then Thursday. Yeah, right. Catch <laughs> okay, one. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but it's deep. I mean, there's a lot of good center fielders, yeah. young good center fielders out there. Michael Harris. It's, it's a deep say, position. I love Harris, is, Harris. That's another great one. Yep, yep that's another great one. So it's yep. deep. Our, our buddy Brian Reynolds, who's stuck in Pittsburgh trying to Brian get a new Reynolds. contract. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Nickerson, to go back to our viewers, they uh, Trout, Cody Bellinger, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer. But Bellinger's a right, is he playing right in right field in Chicago? Probably because oh. they got Happen Center, don't they? Yeah, I think so. But Kevin no, Kiermeyer, no, Hapson left. Oh, Hapson left, they got Happen. Okay, yeah. so yeah, he, I mean, he might be Kiermeyer is de- defensively is still gross. I think offensively, he's so bad. Yeah, I he's hate, just he's I not a good. He's really. I mean, he wasn't a great hitter at his, at his peak, but he's definitely not yeah. a uh, not a very good hitter now. But 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 I mean, shit, man! If you need someone in center field to run a ball down, he'll go get it. He is unbelievable. Oh yeah, no, oh, he's yeah. he's great, and he's got the no jump fear he gets on balls is unreal. Yeah, I, I've seen that guy eat wall so many times and and have no fear, no hesitation. How about George? And the aggression, Brandon? the aggressive way he comes into balls, mm. like shallow mm. balls, like like he yeah. he will not let a ball drop in front. No, of him. he charges hard. Did you see him cut off Randy Rosarino last year and then just throw an absolute BB to home plate, like 104 yeah. miles an hour? He ran all the way over to left field, cut off a Rosarino, and then just hosed the guy. Um, how do you feel about – I just said his name. George Springer. Got to stay healthy, but I like him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, think he's, I think he's still a very, very good center fielder. But, again, he's, it's the track record. Yeah, the injury history. Um, I, mean, Jim I, mean, I, re- I really thought he would make a huge difference in Toronto. That kind of that experience, the playoff experience, um, and I think he has to a certain extent. But he's got to be he's got to be out there. He's got to be out there on that field, and he's got to be um, present a little bit more. The injuries can't continue to derail him. Yeah, he just can't stay on the can't stay on the pitch long enough. Um, Jim Britt said Trout. Pitch. Yeah, uh, Jim Britt said Mike Trout, Julio Rodriguez, and Cedric Mullins. So those are his top three. Yep. Um, as well. Good picks. Yeah. I mean, like Sean said, and you, I mean, we've all said it, like it's, it center field's pretty deep. There's some young guys that are going to be pretty interesting to watch. Michael Harris is a speed demon out there. We're going to see if, you know, absolute full season out of him. I will say this. I, I, I was watching a little bit of the Red Sox, um, Braves game, like a rerun of it this afternoon. He looks like he's put on a decent amount of weight. Michael Harris does, and not like in a bad way, but like bulked up, like Jeremy Pena. Yeah, like I just I wonder for a guy that plays center field the way he Mm. plays center field. I don't think he's going to turn into a bum defensively. That's not what I'm saying, but it'll just be interesting to see how he carries that amount of weight throughout a full season. Yeah, you know, obviously it's it's offensively driven, right? And that's fine. And I, I I want a guy like that to continue to put up offensive numbers. He's disgusting, but. You know, you wonder how much of a, if if at all, it might not. I might end up looking like an idiot, but it's just something to keep an eye on because he he just he looked bigger. Like he just, I'm like that. He looks like really big for Michael Harris. Um, and you look it up, and he did. I mean, he he, he bulked up. Yeah, yeah. And what I what I find funny too, like you know, you, you see some of these guys do that. You know, Michael Harris is a good example this year. Jeremy Pena is a good example this year. Guys that came into spring training like significantly bigger than they were. 
And off, but a lot of times baseball is not a game of brute strength. It really, it's all, it really is about that. It's that sequencing. It's that fluidity. And when you get, when you get these guys get a little bit more rigid and bulky, you know, their game changes. And some of these guys, it, it doesn't change for the better. You need that lean well, tone, I, muscle, not so much the bulkiness. And I, and I, I don't, and I, I, I don't want to talk out of turn. Like I, I, it's hard to tell specifically what, like it's hard to be like, Oh, like his shoulders look huge. Like he just looked bigger. Like he just looked, but it could be, it's a lot of wear and tear, man, to play shortstop and to play center field in major league baseball every day. Like it, it could just be overall weight that they're just putting on to try and just, you know, everyone said all the professional athletes say what the hell do I know? But they all say like, they all lose weight during the season, right? Oh, yeah. Cause it's, it's a grind, man. I mean, it's, it's a grind to show up every day. So it's like, if you can start the season, you know, 12 pounds heavier, not necessarily that you're out of shape or you're fully bulked up. Like maybe you just play the way you're supposed to, you play and, and kind of you, it brings you back to a healthy weight. I don't know. It's just something that I noticed that, that I just, I'm going to keep well, an eye on. Wow. Evaldi just gave up Michael back Harris. dingers and they were both absolute bombs. Yeah. Michael Harris is also only 22 ahead, years old. So for all we know, he's going through uh, yeah, a growth spurt yeah. too. He's yeah, a freaking kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's a freaking kid. Uh, but no, you're right. I mean, I, I want to say Trot Nixon and Jason Veritek used to come into camp like 20 pounds heavier than they than they'd end mm-hmm. the season because they had to in order to get through the season. God, yeah. what was Sandoval's excuse? All right, uh, he, he, he was never good at push-ups. Push-ups from the dinner table. My goodness gracious! All right, so yeah, we are going to move on to the rounding third question, which was your top three favorite managers, not who you think the best. Who are your personal favorite managers? Uh, we had some people comment on this. Henry LaRose said, uh, Terry Francona, Dusty Baker, and Joe Madden. Our buddy Joe Madden is our three. I, I know, but I, I've always oh. enjoyed Joe Madden's, like, his his take on the game. He himself is a weirdo. But Mohawk like, Fridays. Oh, yeah. But, like, you know, this is the guy that made batting Fire. average on balls in play, like, an everyday stat because that's how he measured the Rays. Like, it's the, – the guy's – the guy gets baseball, but he's just a weirdo. He does. He does. Yeah, bring in the left fielder to – or bring in a relief pitcher, then put the relief pitcher in left to bring the left fielder into pitch and then put the pitcher back in left field. Did you guys see that exchange? So he yeah. brought he brought in – he brought in a relief pitcher. Yeah. That was a righty. Then the next batter was a lefty. So he what he did is he brought in the lefty, moved the, re, the relief pitcher to left field, and then the left the, the lefty pitched the batter. The lefty moved uh, left the game. He brought the pitch the left fielder back in to pitch the next batter, and then subbed the left fielder. Whatever, man. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. it's just but like and he it's knew like the ins, ins and outs of the game. Though. But it's not just like that. But something like that is what bothers me about Joe Madden because. He did it in a game in July when it didn't matter. It's like, like what? Like you went through all this to like win a game in July, and I'm not saying the games don't matter, but it's like, I mean, just if your bullpen yeah. is that beat that you have to do that, just take the loss and rest your boys. Like, like what are we doing here? Right. But I, I, he did Joe win a Madden World Series in Chicago, so yeah. he, no, he he did. He knew he knows what he's doing. I'm not saying that. He just there's right. something yeah. about him that always bugged me. That's all. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he's, Brian, he's got a. He's just got a weird, weird approach. Yeah. Uh, Brian said Sparky Anderson, uh, mm. last manager to win a game by forfeit. He said uh, Jim Leland because he needs to just drag butts in the in the dugout. <laughs> I was and ripping the Sings w- on the bench. Yeah, and uh, won the WBC in 2017. Um, That's right. And then Billy Martin, who is 
uh, Brian Sawyer's favorite manager, or Ricky Henderson's favorite manager was Billy Martin. So that's why he went with that. Uh, Steve Dickerson said, Yo, Brian, I'd like to have a drink and a smoke (laughs) with Billy and Jimmy and Sparky. Hell yeah. Um, Steve Nickerson said Don Zimmer, Billy Martin, and Terry Francona, all for very different reasons. Um, and Jim Britt and Stacy said the same exact three: Terry Francona, Bobby, Bobby Cox, and Lou Pinella were their three. Mm. Sweet Lou, that's a good one. Yeah, it was always. I loved seeing Sweet Lou meltdown. Um, mm-hmm. He's so good at it. I'll go with uh, the three that I have, um, and I have these three because these were the. the the ones I watched when I came home from school all the time. Um, and that's Bobby Cox for the Braves. I mean, they were on every night at seven on TBS. Um, Gene Lamont was the manager of the, of the White Sox during their <laughs> 90s run with Frank Thomas, Tim Raines, all of them, you know, all those guys. Um, and then Cito Gaston is my third, and he was the Blue Jays manager when they won the back-to-back World Series in the early '90s. He'd have he had the dark mustache and the scowl on yeah. his face all the time. Mm. I mean, I almost went, I almost went, I almost just went Tito and Cito, but yeah, <laughs> um, I I like those three. Bobby, I Cox, figured for sure you were a Bobby Valentine guy, Nick, but only when he brought out the glasses after he got thrown out. That, that's I mean, still best, an epic, yeah. Best move ever. That, that's one of my that's one of my probably favorite memories of a manager is when he got ejected from the game and came back out with the fake yeah. the glasses mm-hmm. and mustache, but and he invented the rap. So And he invented the rap, oh. yes. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. Yeah, absolutely. So and he was awesome opinion. in Boston. Mm. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> Stop being pessimist, Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> hey, those results were final. I, I, there's no reason to be pessimistic <laughs> about it. He was terrible. Uh, he, oh, he was. I, yeah, I sure was. That was that was horrendous. All right. Uh, so my three, I had Sparky Anderson, uh, Bobby Cox, and then for me the third one was Jack McKeon. I, I used to. Uh, I love the no nonsense Trader Jack persona. That guy didn't care who you were. You either played the game right or you didn't play it at all. Um, he wasn't afraid to be. Uh, um, I guess tough, but he's also, you know, players loved him or hated him. He, you know, he was your best friend. He was on your ass. Um, but he got, he got the most out of the teams he managed. I'll tell you, I, I love the picture after they won the world series in Florida. And he mm-hmm. just like, he just looks so relieved. Yep. And then he's got the cigar in his mouth and he just totally. like, like finally, like yep. just, you know, like yep. I always, I thought that was, that was good. Yeah. What about you, Sean? What is that? Brian okay. says Tommy um, Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda's good. I, yeah. I I went with managers that I watched. I I, I didn't watch Lasorda. So I, I certainly, I mean, good manager, great manager, certainly had a lot of success, but like I didn't yep. watch him. My three, Tito was big. I mean, Tito was, yeah. I mean, to come to Boston and, and, and do what he did in his first year and then back it up three years later in 2007, um, just for someone my age growing up watching and loving the Red Sox, like that was, I'll never forget that. Um, Bobby Cox, another one. I mean, just absolute, just a, a, a consistent run of dominance in Atlanta uh, for that period of time in that division. And um, epic meltdowns. I mean, when this great guy epic melted meltdowns. down, Loved him. But listen, my third guy was the epic meltdowner, and that was Jim Leland. Oh, yeah. He was, I mean, I've talked about it before on the show, but my – all-time favorite manager meltdown is he's going out chewing out the umpire 
God bless America starts. He stops, puts the hat, takes the hat <laughs> yes. off. So he good. stands still for the whole song. The song ends. He puts um, his hat back on and he just picks up where he left off. Yeah. It's it's one of the greatest of all time. It is. Yeah. I mean, this man uh, loved baseball, but loved yeah. America. So like he didn't know. Oh, yeah. He's just like, I'm just God bless America. He listened to the whole yeah. song. Um, he was the best. He he was oh, so I love Jim Leland. Yep. Yeah, so good. And and one guy that I really liked when he was at his prime was Tony Larusa. When he was in St. Louis and he wasn't falling asleep on the bench with the White Sox. He oh, was, yep. He was such a good, you know, just a tactical manager of the game. Same with Mike Socha. I always like Mike uh, Socha too for the same say, reason. That was another one that I, I very much enjoyed those teams. Yeah. Those, those guys teams. were amazing, like tacticians of the game. They knew what string to pull, what call to make, who to move. Like Tony DeRusso and Mike Socha were the guys that, when it came to the actual like tactics of baseball, they were very hard to beat as in game managers. And not, agreed. And not just that, but their teams played such clean baseball. Oh, so, totally. There was. Whether it was clean defensively, clean running the bases, they were efficient pitchers. Yeah. The the everything was just kind of like, like oh yeah, like they're top of the league and they play great defense. You know they run the bases well, hit and runs, yep. and stolen bases, and defensive catchers were fantastic in both L.A. and and St. Louis. And why wouldn't they be with both of those guys being the managers? Exactly. I, um, yeah, I'm so interested to see if Yachty gets a shot. You know, like all these, all these old veteran catchers leading teams that you know, like you said, have managed games their entire career. You know, is is some team in the next couple of years going to give Yadi Yadi Molina a shot? You know, on the bench. Does he want it? I mean, I think I'm just going to ask the same thing. Too. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I, I don't know. Like I almost, I almost look at a guy like Yadi, and this is completely probably unfair for me to say because I certainly don't know the man on a personal level, but. Like, I almost wonder if him managing Team Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic is just like, that's perfect for him. It's it's a short period of time. You know, he, he gets the the love of the game and all this, but it's not a grind 10-month. Ten, ten I mean, you're a manager of baseball. It's 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 a 12-month process. I mean, this is, yeah. Yeah. you know, you're not just showing up at spring training getting started. Like, this is a year-round. It's, it's a grind. And I, who knows? Maybe he'd be fantastic. I mean, he would be fantastic. Maybe he doesn't want it. Maybe he does. I right. don't know. I, I I just think with him, that's the kind of the one question when you look. He's like, does he just does he want it? Yeah. Well, and that's when we, that's like Jason Veritek. Like when we interviewed mm-hmm. Jim Rowe, you know, when we first started this podcast, he you know he actually said to us, he's like, Veritek doesn't want to be a manager. Like he loves yeah. being a bench coach. He loves being part of that, but he doesn't necessarily want the responsibility of being that that day in day out manager and yep. I mean definitely I I get it but well and, and Yachty last year towards the end of the season was asked that same question I think his response was that he you know he, his intention was to go manage either Puerto Rico or Venezuela because he likes managing the kids he likes managing mm-hmm. these guys up through but did not want the pressure and the the you know kind of the headache that comes with being an MLB manager he wanted to go manage these guys these young guys who are hungry that he could teach um, and didn't have any real aspirations for Major League Baseball yeah yeah, that can change, but right. Sure. Yeah, maybe 10, 15 years. You know, he's older and he's could, missed a game or something like could that. Could you imagine the impact Yadi or Molina could make on guys that are like 15 to 18 that are trying to get to the next level? Oh, yeah. Like that'd be Absolutely. huge. Yeah. Huge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good managers. I could have gone another three too, but um, those are just the three I watch all the time. Yep. So mm-hmm. I love those guys. 
All right, we have a lot of news. We're gonna start heading home here. A lot of news to wrap up here. Um, let's start off with the JT Real Muto ejection today. Um, if you have not seen this, please do yourself a favor and look this video up because so I'll start it off like this. So there's a foul ball hit. Um, the umpire just throws the, the, the ball back to the pitcher. Um, later in the at-bat, he fouls another one off. JT Realmuto reaches back, and he doesn't feel a ball plop in his glove. So he, he puts his glove down, and the umpire has, like, threw the ball down, missed the glove, and then just turns around and tosses him. So just a point of correction, Nick, just because I do think when you watch the video, it's important to get it. So it wasn't after another foul ball. So what happened is the foul ball happened, and the umpire threw the ball to the pitcher himself. The pitcher then didn't like the ball, so threw it away and asked for another ball. Oh, gotcha. That's when JT asked. And so it was it was a matter of seconds in between. That's gotcha. why. Like, so if I was JT, I'd be like – like I would do the same thing if I was you because it was a matter of yeah. five seconds in between. Right. The, and the yeah. clip I just put in the it's chat crazy. shows shows the prior exchange where the umpire threw it directly back to the pitcher. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, there's a link in the chat. Go ahead and click that. It gives you the whole – whole scenario where the previous ball was thrown directly back to the pitcher and then real muto puts his glove up there's no ball so he takes it back down he gets booted the whole thing's kind of insane but it, it's get these umpires are all on edge and i don't know what it is why they're so quick with the trigger but you know really as an umpire nobody should know you're there if you do a good enough job nobody knows you're there but too often these guys are trying to become like the the featured story of the game they just need to call the game and get out of the way like to throw a guy out for something like that, which was basically like a simple miscommunication where the ball was going, is bananas to me. And I would have loved to have heard ex his explanation to those guys as to why he threw him out and what he had to write, write up his report after the game as to why he ejected him. Because that was there's just absolutely no explanation in the world that would justify what he did. Right. Real, yeah. Muto, Real Muto wasn't even like heated. He just stood up and he's like, dude, like I you could read his lips. He's like, yeah. I thought you were throwing the ball back to the right. pitcher. So I put my glove down. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen. Like, my God. Yeah, but, it's it's yeah. listen. Brian it's, makes a great point again. Right. Make the umpires do a postgame press conference. Yeah. You know, I agree. Uh, or so we've. At a minimum, where's the where's the post game reports they're supposed to be filing that we used to get to see the pitch results and all that from? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it for a while. I mean, baseball is an umpire problem. I mean, that's nothing new. You know, I, I, I even if he thought like so, if we even want to just if we want to dare to put ourselves in the position of trying to understand what happened, he probably right, he probably thought that. Real Muto was like putting the glove down, like to show him up. Yep. Like that's probably what he thought. Even still, and Real Muto doesn't do that because if you watch the video, his eyes are looking at the picture. So he doesn't even know what the hell's going on. So like he's not trying to show anyone up. But even if he was, let's just play that scenario out for a minute. Even if he was, it's still not an objectionable offense. <laughs> like it's no. still not. The umpire should lean down and be like, hey, don't do that again. Like that's bullshit or like whatever. But, like, that's still not an ejectable offense. No. Right. Absolutely. And this is what, like, yeah, it's a spring training game. It's like, it is what it is. If something like that was to happen in, let's say, the third inning of a game in, like, July or August, like, that's a major problem. That's a major bat in the lineup. That's your battery mate. That's your, you know, in this case, one of the better players on your team. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't have umpires running around willy-nilly just tossing guys because right. – 
you know, the guy feels slighted because he put his glove down. Like, what? Yeah, it's insane. It, it's just the whole thing is just so outrageous. Or JT outrageous. was then, like, hey, hey, buddy, can you just toss me out of this game real quick? I just caught like a ton of innings in the WBC. I, mean, I really don't want to be out here. Could you I, just like toss me somehow? But I, I miss the days where these umpires would actually like have a conversation with someone before they threw him out. Like I can think of the days like the umpire would do that. He picked the ball up, he threw it to the pitcher, and as he walked back, he put his head down and be like, "Hey, JT, don't do that again." Like, what's the deal, bud? And they talk for a second, like very secretly, and they go back to what they're doing. Like that's how it used to work. Right. Like in the days of like the catchers, like you know Veritek and and those kinds of guys. Like that's the conversation they would have. They would they would grab the ball, throw it back, and then as they walked back, they would put their head down and say something. And they clear it up. Like there was a conversation that was had. Now these guys just throw people without any explanation or warning. Yeah. Like, like it's not, like it's no big deal. As, as a yet, catcher myself growing up, I always wanted that relationship with the umpire. Right. Like you sure. give me those two inches off the corner. If, and if, and if we're beefing, I'm not getting that pitch. Well, right? And it's no different than like when a foul tip hits the umpire and the, and the catcher grabs the ball and walks out to the mound and talks to the mm-hmm. pitcher for a second. Give like, him time. The umpire some time. Give him a minute. And yeah. vice versa. You know, a foul tip off the off the catcher, what does the ump do? He, he pops up, rubs up a ball, throws Rubs, it to him. Cleans, the, cleans plate, off the plate. Rushes off the plate. You know, yep. It's, it's a, you know, they, they give each other that kind of respect. But yet, yet when there's a, little, there's a little bit of a dust up or a perceived dust up, they just, there's no conversation. They just, the niceties end and they get tossed. Yep. Insane. Yeah, I mean, it was bizarre. I'm, I'm, it, I'm weirdest hoping, thing I've ever seen. I'm, I'm hoping maybe the ump's just like he was having a bad day. I, I don't know. Like it's just like let's just hold, let's just chalk it up as a one-off and like hope we never see something like that well, in yeah. like games that matter because that's that's unacceptable. And for all we know, maybe Romuto was on his ass about a pitch and inning before, or maybe the maybe the bench is chirping at him. Like you don't know what's going on, but to toss a guy that quickly for something so stupid is really right. hard to defend. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, just absolutely. 100% Nick Fanning says, commented on my post earlier, he's like, 100% chance that that ump's wife is cheating on him. <laughs> <laughs> but, my God. Yeah, that guy did, That guy got up this morning on the wrong side of the bed and was yeah. looking for somebody to take it out on. All right. Also in MLB news, they are now rating the efficiency of Batgirls and Batboys in an effort to speed up the game. Yeah, we're going to tell 12-year-olds they don't do a good enough job and fire them. Like, come on. Like, this is, that's a, I mean, that's a little, little much. I would, sure is. I would really like to understand why pace of play is such a friggin' hot button topic with the front office to the point that they're now going to measure the efficiency of the bat boy and the bat girl. Like I, I get, they want to speed the game up to make it more entertaining for the people that still aren't going to watch it. But, but you've, you've got all of has got all of its focus on pace of play right now. Like that's the only problem it's got. Do you want to know, honestly, you want to know my, my tinfoil hat? Like, absolutely. I do. I love tinfoil hat opinions. I honestly think that they look at this. It's, it's, it's akin to the way that, that, that politicians, run campaigns and and i i honestly think major league baseball is doing this to show us the shiny object of things that they're getting so much better at so that they don't have to address other issues like a major umpire problem that they have they have a major umpire problem and it's more than just the casual fan that knows it it's like like what is happening but we're not going to talk about the umpires because it's a messy situation because they have unions and they're protected in you know, guys like Angel Hernandez are going to bitch, moan, and complain if their names are in the media too much. So we're not going to talk about that. 
We're going to tell you how great the game is because we're speeding it up. And look how quickly that Yankees-Angels game got over last night. Two hours and 23 minutes. Like, those kinds of things. Like, I think it's good that they're trying to speed the game up. I think it's good they're trying to be a little bit more efficient with the time. But I think they're going way overboard with this, and I think there's a reason. And I think because that's what they're going to try and keep our eye on all year. Don't be surprised. Whatever the over-under is on the amount of times Major League Baseball mentions his pace of play on a weekly basis, take the over. Because they're just going <laughs> to hammer you with it. That's all they're going to do is hammer you with pace of play, pace of play, pace of play. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't disagree. It's kind of like, look over here at what we're doing, but let's ignore all the other problems. But because right. you look at the WBC, I don't think there's a single one of those games under three hours. But yet it got the highest ratings in, in baseball history. Yeah, I don't think people don't care about pace of play. They care about the quality of the game. I think pace well, of, I, I think pace of play helps. Like maybe people that don't want to sit in for the marathon, but if the game is good and it's worth watching, people the people that care about baseball are going to watch it. I mean, the only the only counter I'll have to that though is the WBC tournament was essentially playoffs, right? Like, sure. like when Major League Baseball gets to September and October and the playoffs are starting, no one is going to care how long because it's really good teams. Good teams make the playoffs. Bad teams don't. Yeah. So it's right. going to be good teams that are in the playoffs facing other good teams that are in the playoffs with the really good pitching and the really good hitting. So no one's going to care. I do think Major League Baseball has a point of speeding up some of these games throughout the course of 162 in the dog days of summer when the teams just aren't very good. Like, yeah, I, I, like those ones I get. Lou Maloney had a really good point, and it was in the ninth inning. I think it was the championship game, the Trout-Otani at bat, specifically if I remember correctly. Obviously, World Baseball Classic didn't have the pitch clock, right? I don't think anyone watching the game was looking at their watch being like, how long did – it was one – I think it was in between the second and third or in between the third and the fourth. I'll have to go back and look it up. It was like a full, like, 45 seconds in between oh, yeah. two pitches. For sure. But that's what makes baseball fantastic in some of those crucial, like, let-your-nuts-drop moments where it's like, let the suspense build up. Like, let it. Right? Like, like the suspense is just adding with every second that he's not on the rubber throwing that ball. Like, it's just, you can feel it in the stadium. You can feel it on TV. It's like the suspense is getting thicker and thicker and thicker. Like, let it build. Some yeah. of those moments, the reason why, yeah. the reason why that strikeout was so magnificent on top of the fact that it was the best pitcher against the best hitter was like, like you could, we could feel it. Yeah. Absolutely. And we felt it because you let the moment sink in. We weren't rushed through it with 15-second pitch clock. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's going to have any direct impact on on postseason games. That's that's months and months away for us to find out. I just wonder if it's going to be something where we're like, ugh, it just felt rushed. It just felt rushed. I bet at moments it's going to. Yes, at moments it will. I, I, I think so, too. But we'll get but, used to it, and who knows? Yeah. Maybe by the time this, the postseason rolls around, we won't even be used to it. We won't even notice it because we'll be right. used to it because, right? You know, all season long. So who? I mean, who knows? I don't want to get ahead of myself with that. But I mean, um, I just I just thought that was an interesting point. That, that I just Japan USA wait. game was three and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. I right. mean, but it but it was like edge of your seat worth watching baseball. It was a fantastic right. game. I just I just can't wait until MLB starts sending their ball girls and ball boys to the NFL Combine to get their forty times. <laughs> Well, I can't, I can't wait for the first time MLB calls up a team and goes, "Hey, that ball boy on Thursday night, he's gone. Fire him. Let him go." Yeah. Well, they won't. (laughs) They won't. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like that's the point I'm trying to make is is 
the yeah. teams that have really efficient ball boys and ball girls, that's what you're going to see. But the teams that don't, they're not going to. Nor should they, by the way. Nor should they lose their jobs. But they won't. <laughs> and but they just the league just won't report on them. Right. It's Meanwhile, you got the Durham Bulls send, sending out Ripken the bat dog to go get every single bat. <laughs> I bet he's fast, point. though. Oh, my God. Ripken's awesome. He's a man. Um, all right. We'll, we'll move on here. Um, some top prospects have made their MLB mm-hmm. roster. So Jordan Walker from the Cardinals. He's a um, very old 20 years old, um, making <laughs> making the opening day roster. Crazy. For them, and then um, Volpe for the Yankees um, has has made the roster. So that is two out of the top five prospects that have made made the rosters. I'm and sure there's others too. Did but... I see correctly that Volpe not just made the roster, but he's going to be their starting shortstop? Yeah, I mean that's I what I thought. It's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. mean I, imagine, I imagine down bottom of the lineup, but yeah, I, I'm I yeah. I mean, you're going to break the Yankees lineup that young as a as a rookie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't happen in a place like New York very often. Well, looking for that next Jeter, right? He's going to be a local kid from player. Jersey. Local, yeah. yeah, absolutely. He's, and he is talented. Boy, oh boy, is that kid talented. Sure is. Yep. Um, oh, we already kind of touched on that when I talked about the Yankees, that Severino's to start the season on the aisle so that he joins with, Carlos Rondon and Frankie Montes. Yeah, with everybody else and Harrison Bader and everybody else who's, who's hurt. Yep. Uh, we also touched on the Adam Wainwright groin injury coming out of the WBC. I mean, that's what happens when you're 50 and, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he's you not play. a young man. Yeah. Um, but this injury hurts the Phillies big time. Reese Hoskins yeah. goes down with a torn ACL. Um, he had some huge home runs in that playoff run for Philly. Um, but, yeah, he goes down with torn ACL. He is done for the season. So now the Phillies are out Hoskins and Harper to start the season. But it sounds like Harper is going to be back sooner than they thought, which is yeah. good. They're holding, out, they're holding out hope that he can come back and DH sooner rather than later. Kind of, I mean, Shohei did it too. Shohei came back from his Tommy John a little bit earlier, but he DH'd only because he couldn't throw yet. Right. Uh, they're thinking about the same thing with Harper. Yep. And uh, what I found interesting too is Reese Hoskins, I believe, is a free agent at the end of this year. And he yeah, had a very, he, he put out a very emotional message to the fans of Phillies, almost like a goodbye because he's not expecting to get re-signed. So he sees this as the end of his career in Philadelphia. Oh, heartbreaking! That sucks. Yeah, it was not not good. He put out a pretty emotional emotional message thanking the fans for all their support. And that's tough. Um, and you know, uh, apparently the Phillies are working out Nick Castellanos over at uh, first base because they don't really have a great solution without Hoskins. Fair. Um, and then today, the Atlanta Braves dropped their City Connect jerseys. So, and it is pretty much um, their old Atlanta jerseys. Sponsored by for, Big Al's Auto Body Shop. I, I, I think it's the same exact jersey concept as their the seventies and eighties, like the yeah, Hank, like Aaron the Hank jersey, Aaron's. Yeah. Except for it's a capital A, and it says the A. The um, A. And and that's it. But the color scheme. The, the places of the colors, yep. the sleeves, it's the same exact um, Hank Aaron. So it's kind of what the Angels did. They kind of went retro but made it modern. Um, I like them, um, but it's – I thought for some reason they were going to drop the other 16 this year. This is That's not the case. They're only dropping six this year. So the Braves will drop on April 8th. Rangers will drop on April 21st. Mariners will drop on May 5th. 
Oh, the Reds. I'll be curious um, what the Mariners do. They've got they've had some really good uniforms in their history. The Seattle Pilots. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but they could they could go completely off the reservation, just go off the walls too. Which they I totally like. could, yeah. And I, like I've said, if you're gonna go off the walls, go off the damn walls. So like, go cracking colors, super soft colors. Oh, oh gross, whatever, no. Peanuts. <laughs> right. Um, the Reds are on May 19th. Uh, Orioles on May 26th. Though we're just gonna miss those city. Oh, that's too bad. The weekend before. Um, and then the Pirates on June 27th. The Pirates could be good. I'm kind of pumped yeah. for the Pirates. Um, I, f- I feel like the, like the Pirates have had a historically like boring uniform structure. They've had a lot of them, but it's always been the same black and yellow and just like As long as they don't bring up. back those striped caps, man. Oh, God. I feel like those are going to be part of it. Totally. They have to be. For sure, those are man. iconic, but not for good reasons, but they're iconic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they'll have something to do. They'll have something to do with the three rivers that all connect right in that yeah. area of Pittsburgh. There'll be the bridge. It, you know, yeah. it'll be it'll be pretty basic stuff like that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, that's all I have for tonight. You guys got anything? I've got. A, I got one thing, um, and I honestly I I hadn't seen this until just recently. But there's a there's an ambidextrous college pitcher, and this was a few weeks ago. Uh, he's pitching at Mississippi State. True freshman. Mississippi he, State, yeah. Yeah, he pitches both right-handed and left-handed. Throws 97 miles per hour from the right, 92 from the left. Yeah. Um, and in a sequence, he saw eight batters, struck out six of them, five from the right side, one from the left. The kid is nasty. Um, yeah, the kid's really good. The kid's I, really, really good. I put the link in the chat. Anybody hasn't seen him before. I, I had not come across him until a few days ago. When somebody goes, hey, have you seen this? I was like, holy crap. It blew my mind that a kid could, that, could be that good right-handed and left-handed. And he's just so, switching batter to batter. Yeah, I didn't see that, but I saw a meme that had him had his start on Friday, his start on Saturday, and then another kid on Sunday. And it was like this kid right handed, and then this kid on Saturday, his other arm. Like it was just yeah. like he's nasty. Crazy. He's nasty. So but yeah, that's crazy. Uh anything else or that was it? Nope. That's it. I'm getting ready for some baseball. All right. Yep. Games will start this week. Uh, like I said, uh, we'll go over um, our previews next week. Uh, we will also go um, our top right fielders of all time um, and current right fielders. So watch out for that. We'll put out a question of the week as well. Um, and also our second annual rounding third fantasy baseball league fires up the draft Wednesday night. So like nothing like getting in right underneath the, the time frame there. But Wednesday night at 8, we're drafting um, for the second annual. And someone new is going to win this year because Brian didn't want to reclaim his top prize. So, yeah. Sweet. Whatever. You're missing out. <laughs> All right. So just make sure that you like, follow, subscribe um, on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, You can also, like I said, listen on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you all next Monday at 8 o'clock. See you. Later.